Consume your news today. It is largely rooted in social media outlets, a reason why it's crucial to look at what's being discussed online from the hottest issues to trends for our daily social media minute. We're joined by Erica. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Friday. Oh, it's Friday. Yes. Happy Friday. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> yes. Good morning, Erica. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get started with our social media in a portion of the day. Uh, uh, as as perhaps expected, uh, considering that she did have a pretty successful career in the country, uh, Kim Young-kyung, the volleyball star in South Korea, seems very dedicated in getting her fans and anyone who's willing to listen to provide a helping hand to the earthquake struck. That's right. Mm. Yes. Um, it's not just Kim Young-kyung. It's, uh, it's many people, including ordinary uh, citizens of South Korea, um, you know, stepping forward to help those in need. Now, um, it, it all started with the volleyball star Kim Young, who is actively asking uh, Koreans to help Turkey and Syria. Uh, in two Instagram posts, the volleyball star shared a photo of a dog sitting next to its owner, who was buried under the rubble. Uh, along with the image, was a uh, very specific information on how people can help and where they can go to help. Just to provide the full context for our listeners who may not have followed Kim Young's volleyball career, it's actually quite well known by the fans. Uh, Turkey is, for her, considered a second home. That's right. Um, her connection uh, to Turkey goes all the way back to 2011 when she moved to the country to join the Turkish League. Uh, her team, Fenerbahce SK, were champions for six years in a row. Uh, Kim Young-kyung was named MVP, best scorer, and uh, she joined the Chinese League briefly in 2017, but returned to Turkey in uh, 2018 for two more years. And uh, yeah, she has always very, you know, verbally expressed her love for the country. Uh, but I mean, as far as donations and charity work goes, this is absolutely not the first time the volleyball stars used her influence to help the country. It probably won't be the last either. No. Uh, for example, uh, a few years ago, she took part in a campaign to donate seedlings to Turkey after the country was ravaged by wildfires. Um, the Hope Bridge National Disaster Relief Association uh, shared the news yesterday that Kim had started the campaign for the two countries by donating 10 million won. Mm. Now, the donations can be made through Cacao's donation platform, Together Value. So, okay, clearly they, they simplified ways of uh, giving humanitarian aid, help where it's needed. Cacao is widely used in South Korea. It's not just Kim Young-kyung who is stepping forward to help. I mean, I guess I didn't turn to the entertainment section for this but there are a lot of high profile celebrities willing to give and asking the fans and regular people to join in that's right uh celebrities corporations ordinary people are rallying to help uh of the girl group girls day and actor yuina have already made donations uh comedian yung jin who is affectionately dubbed turkish ice cream man <laughs> also gave 30 million won to the korean red cross um, as for companies, the Tucson Group has offered to donate $1 million worth of heavy equipment uh, to aid in recovery efforts. Uh, Hyundai Heavy Industries is going to send 10 mid-sized excavators. Um, Hyundai
Hyundai Motor Group is offering a 50% discount on repair fees for cars out of insurance coverage uh, and another 50% discount on car routine check costs, as well as $500,000 worth of rescue equipment and emergency packages. Now, four of South Korea's biggest bank groups, including Hana, Shinan, uh, Uri and KB have announced plans to do, donate between $230,000 and $300,000. And like I said, ordinary citizens are also doing their part by raising funds, uh, donation platforms such as Happy Bean, by Neighbor, mm -hmm. and Kakao together have raised 2.8 billion won and 1.2 billion won respectively as of 4 p.m yesterday so help is coming from all corners and all forms uh, there you have it i mean the the rubbles and, and the images out of uh, turkey and syria it's heartbreaking and if you can lend a helping hand this might be it yep. let's turn to our second buzzword of the day soul's renaissance like 3.0 i mean the future has pretty innovative designs and soul city wants to incorporate technology aesthetics all of it Yep, that's right. Uh, especially design, it wants to focus on. So let's take one example. Nodersam Island on the Han River, it turns into a sort of a hip hotspot now and again. <laughs> uh, they hold live music events, uh, cultural events, and now the island is waiting for a new innovative design plan that will reshape itself. Now, seven architecture firms uh, designated by the Seoul City government are coming up with proposals to win the design bid. Now, four of these teams are Korean and three are based in in Denmark, the UK, and Germany, respectively. Mm -hmm. uh, costs and construction feasibility will be considered, of course. But like I said, design mm -hmm. is going to be the number one fact <laughs> to be considered. Okay. I mean, if, if we're staying with the trend, I'm sure they're envisioning more green future. The design will be, it looks futuristic, to be honest with you, based on some of the blueprints. Mm -hmm. This is Seoul City's latest bid to make the island into River's new landmark. Um, I, I guess uh, Mayor Ozeo, the last time he was mayor, I mean, he had, yeah. he had you know, grand plans and some were executed quite beautifully. That's right. Um, you know, an official from the government's urban space planning division uh, said that the nightscape at the waterfront of the Han River should be appreciated more. Mm. And uh, the city wants to make the island and the rest of the waterfront more attractive. Now, the new Nodersom Island will become known as the Island of Arts. You know, there there are various things currently in, in the world, <laughs> in the plan, a new observatory, for example, mm. a new floating performance stage with the river and the bridges as a backdrop. They're all in the cards right now. Now, this contest began last December. It's going to continue until the month of March. Uh, the participants have visited the site and are currently working on their designs. And uh, after sending in their submissions, the city is going to decide on the project's overall timeline, the finances, of course. And after all of that, uh, the winning plan will be selected by the city. Mm -hmm. um, but some Island is just the beginning of a Seoul city government's new initiative to uh, introduce innovative designs into the city. Uh, you know, 
you know well, we all know well, many of the existing structures in Seoul have been criticized over the years for looking too similar um, to one another and, you know, lacking creativity. I mean, maybe when those buildings were erected, uh, creativity was not in the forefront of our priorities. Right. It was just about getting those buildings up. Now, old apartments in the city particularly that, you know, is largely to create the skyline by the river. Um, it's been long mocked as matchboxes or chicken cages. Yeah. These are not really nice or good names. <laughs> Correct. Um, the authorities say the problems were caused by the city's old regulations uh, that control new buildings height, for example, mm-hmm. building coverage, floor area ratio, things like that. Now, the city's announcement of its new initiative follows the new city development plan uh, by the Ministry of Land, Infrastructure and Transportation that was announced not too long ago uh, on January 5th. Now, the ministry has said that the new plan will embrace more ideas by private thinkers to sort of, you know, shatter those stereotypical urban plans and uh, mitigate those old regulations um, to maximize private development developers, creative capabilities. And uh, they're looking to, um, you know, places like uh, the Guggenheim Museum in Bilbao in Spain and the city of Rotterdam in the Netherlands. Uh, They're using these places as benchmarks because, you know, they attract millions of visitors every year and they bring in a lot of tourism revenue. Uh, So they're hoping to do, you know, sort of the same with the city of Seoul. You know, sometimes I wonder, is continuity better or or is just uh, allowing all creativity to run free better? It's something in between but right now those identical looking boxes clearly don't look attractive and it's not doing justice to that real estate either because most of my friends who are visiting are surprised to find out they're massively expensive i know right (laughs) yeah all right so regulations will be changed perhaps eased to allow more creativity and more hopefully beautiful landmarks and beautiful buildings in the city of seoul i don't mind (laughs) i don't mind either and on to our final story today now this concerns me uh prank videos have been part of social media for as long as social media has existed but i mean we must draw the line somewhere ever heard of sushi terrorism it's exactly what it sounds like and it's god horrid Ah, you know, I saw some videos last week and uh, this news emerged again on uh, many different uh, sources. So I really wanted to talk about it. Uh, You know, sushi uh, conveyor belt restaurants have long been an iconic part of Japan's food culture. And now uh, the critics are questioning their prospects in this uh, COVID conscious world. Now, last week, there was a video that went viral, of course, uh, which was taken at Sushiro, which was a popular sushi chain. And it shows a young male customer licking his fingers, touching the food as it came down at the conveyor belt and the 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 kid is seen licking a condiment bottle and also a cup that he places back onto a communal pile. Now the prank set off a flood of criticism in the country um, you know and such acts you know they they they've created new hashtags for such acts including sushi Tero or sushi terrorism becoming more and more common online. In fact, uh, the trend has rattled investors as well. Shares in uh, Sushiro's uh, owner, food and life companies, fell 4.8% 
last Tuesday. And of course, the company is taking this issue very, very seriously. I mean, the timing of the prank is rather sensitive. Uh, Japan has a reputation for being uh, one of the world's cleanest, safest places. People wore face masks right. regularly, even before the pandemic, to prevent illnesses from spreading. I mean, this yeah. is kind of a abrupt shift from what we'd expect. Yes. And, uh, you know, I just mentioned one restaurant, Sushiro. Right. They're not the only company dealing with this problem. Okay. Two other leading conveyor belt sushi chains also experienced similar disruptions. And like you said, in the time of COVID and in light of these uh, incidents, conveyor belt sushi chains need to reevaluate re their hygiene standards mm -hmm. and their food safety. And experts say that these chains will need to come out and present, you know, solutions mm. to regain customer trust. It makes me lose trust in just customers because it is on the customers for messing with the conveyor belt and what goes on it. But you're right. Has the company come up with more con concrete solutions? I've seen uh, these like sushi boat or conveyor belts in different parts of the world where there's kind of a plastic and you have to open up a little structure. I don't know yeah. if that's effective either. You know, uh, as of last Friday, Sushiro uh, stopped serving unordered food mm. on conveyor belts altogether. So instead of letting customers grab the plates as they wish, the restaurants are now placing photos of sushi on top of empty plates coming down the belt, which show people what they can order. Okay. And uh, Kura Sushi is taking a different route. Uh, they're actually, you know, deploying their AI-operated cameras to monitor if customers put the sushi they picked up with their hands back on the plates. Uh, being watched as I eat, that sounds fun. <laughs> uh, not at all. <laughs> okay, so they might, I'm, I'm sure this is just like for a few of the plans are working on. They've put their minds together, come with something better because, I mean, these conveyor belt sushis, it's kind of become a cultural phenomenon, right? It's, it's supposed to be fun and we've yeah. ruined it. And many consumers on Twitter have said that it's sad that mm. restaurants are, you know, scrambling to come up with ways to regain customer trust. <sighs> okay. It takes two to tango. It's on the customers too, right? Okay. Thank you so much, Erica, for a fun set of topics. Suddenly craving sushi. <laughs> <laughs> Always. <laughs> See you next week, Erica. Bye. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.